his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Todd Feinberg. It's Todd Feinberg. Monday through Friday, 3 till 6 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Are you wondering why life is so hard? Well, here's another reason. New study names Connecticut among states where house prices have increased the least in the past five years. If you are a homeowner, that means the value of your investment is amongst the lowest in the country in terms of the growth that you're getting, the yield you're getting on the money you've got locked up in your house. Connecticut ranks eighth in the country with house prices having an increase of 39.4% since 2018, the eighth worst. So, so call it 40% increase in value in Connecticut over the past five years and in, uh, in Idaho, it's the, the value of a house has gone up 92%. In Montana, 80%. In Georgia, 77%. In New Mexico, 76%. In Tennessee, 76%. Arizona, 75%. Florida, 74%. North Carolina, 72 Those are the top 8 or 10. Connecticut's in the bottom, 8 or 10. How about that? That would be nice to have your uh, your investment in your property exploding in value. Wouldn't that be nice if that were happening? But no, it's not. All right, what's going on? In the next segment, we don't have a guest book. We have you booked. We can talk about whatever you like. Give us a call, 860-522-9842. Talk about any subject you want to throw on the table. And don't forget, in one hour, we'll be doing the rants, 860-751-4698. The number to call if you want to if you want to contribute a rant. It's just like calling in live, but it's more private, and you can schedule it when you want it. And you don't have to worry about me asking you questions. You can just record your rant and be done with it, 860 so call in live right now. Talk about whatever you want. 860-522-9842. More coming up after we get a traffic update. Checking in with Mark Christopher, BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark. It's the Todd Feinberg Show. Live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yes, yes, yes. 
860-522-9842. So earlier we were talking about reparations in California. They're considering, well, San Francisco specifically. And the question I'm curious about, well, their, their idea is to give $5 million to any, uh, any person who qualifies for having been damaged by specific governmental policies in the past in San Francisco that were racist ones. And this is remarkably an attack on government by the big government crowd. And that's how we should look at, I think, look at claims of structural racism and requests for reparations, that this is the left saying out loud in public to some of their uh, most devoted voters, you can't trust big government. We are the purveyors of big government, and you can't trust it because big government hurts you. Big government programs hurt you. And the trick of reparations, I believe, is to cause a, uh, a, a gift to be, to be given that creates loyalty. And thus distracting people who should be upset about the racism of the present It distracts them by focusing on the racism of the past and saying, look at us. We want to help you because you've been victimized by big government. So we want to create more big government to give you things. And this distraction covers up the things that are being done right now that Democrats will someday call structural racism that their acts that they're committing right now, like uh, having the worst schools be in urban areas and, and, and not correcting for uh, the problems with policing in urban areas, things like that. It, it's remarkable how devious our politics are. <laughs> but this, this is what they do. I don't even know if they know they're doing it. I mean, some people have to know. You know, the, the progressives, some progressives have to know that the idea is to cover up for racism by accusing others of being racist. Like th that's just plain as day. And it's also, it also matches a, a psychological predisposition. You want to blame others for doing what you do. And it's an unconscious thing that is built into all of us. Have you ever noticed this in yourself? That you see other people doing things and it, it upsets you and then you it dawns on you that well that upsets you because you do that too it's a very very interesting dynamic anyway that that stuff is going on and that's what i think drives the um it drives the tearing down of statues that's a cover-up for racist politicians they they talk about the racism of politicians in the past and run around saying we've got to tear down their statue and everyone gets riled up and everyone's looking at the racism of the past instead of the crimes of the present but someday someday the current managers of urban areas the politicians who run those urban areas someday it will be their statues being torn down or maybe they won't even get to have them built Let's go to Cheshire. Will, hi, you're on WTIC. 
Hey, Todd, how you doing? Thank you for the call, sir. Yes, um, I was uh, on my way to Massachusetts, and I listened to NPR for about two hours on that subject of reparations. Very, I just tried to wrap my head around the, the point of view and try to understand it some. And after two hours, I couldn't understand it or wrap my head around it. It just, it, it, the arguments don't hold water. What did you hear? That Did anything catch your attention as being poignant or, what, or anything? Well, what, yeah, what they were trying to say was that they were starting from a, a, a lesser position in life because, let's say, an inheritance that you got as a privileged person, uh, a black person or a person of color would not have had that inheritance. So they're starting at a at a, a depressed level, and the goal of reparations was to equal that out. But the hidden meaning behind that was we are going to take from the middle class and give to um, a less uh, a minority class in order to equal out the playing field. Um, and the middle class may have had nothing to do with the with the uh, slavery or the the circumstances that created that racism in the past. So it's literally almost stealing, but it, it was very difficult to listen to that this is literally is trying to be put in place, and there's very little argument you could have against it. Well, that's. Um... I mean, you just brought up one of them. And to take your point a little further, there are a lot of other groups that have suffered from bad government as well. Bad government hurts everybody. As you pointed out, who would provide the reparations to the people who have to provide the reparations? Right. It would be everybody. And since the middle class is the largest class, right, there would be everybody within the middle class would be providing those reparations and higher taxes. And, and to your point with government policies hurting everybody, I know a lot of uh, people who are struggling right now just because of their electric bills. Sure. Uh, that's through, through government policies. So can we get reparations for our electric bills? I don't think so. Well, there you go. And, and there, there could be arguments about why particular minority groups should get uh, rebates on their electric bills because they are made more vulnerable to high energy costs because of blah blah blah. You can make up these things all day. The job of the government isn't to take uh, to to provide for equal outcomes in people's lives. And I, I think yeah, yeah I, I think one of the, one of the main things, Todd, is you know I think there was a miscalculation in the Constitution when it said. Uh, all men were created equal under the law, they should have just said all humans are created equal under the law. Then you cover everything, right? And then, you know, we're, what I would like to see is just equal opportunity for a minority and a white person. It doesn't matter. I don't care if I go to a job and they're more qualified and they get the job, but I do have a problem if someone gets a job just based on their skin color or based on their 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 class of citizen that's that's not how to me capitalism works well it it shouldn't because then capitalism doesn't work as well so you're right about that thank you will for the call 8605229842 of course one of the unspoken truths of reparations is that all kinds of people are damaged by bias all the time and if you're going to start reparating people for uh, for example, 
it is said, I don't know if it's true or not, but it seems like it's true, that the taller presidential candidate is more likely to win. Should the ones who've lost be able to sue for reparations because they were denied the best job in the world on size bias? What do you think? Ralph's in South Carolina. Hello, Ralph. Good afternoon, Todd. I have a couple things up. First of all, they're saying now they're still talking about banning gas stoves. Who's talking about uh, it? Uh, guess who? Yeah. The, uh, the uh, Biden administration and the people who are in charge of it. But my question is, does that mean we no longer have a gas grill? That you got to have a wood grill? Or well, out, outdoors, the, the theory is, and which is totally unproven, and uh, again, they're trying to make policy on speculative um, e events rather than real-life events. So the, somebody has fabricated an idea that, that by burning gas in the house, it creates an adverse outcome for certain individuals like children, who are more likely to get what? I don't remember what it is, uh, learning disabilities or autism or what have you. But that wouldn't be outdoors, so you wouldn't have to get rid of gas grills in, until they get more manic, like secondhand gas fumes or something like that. I mean, but uh, I understand. But, I mean, if your house, most homes are ventilated. I mean, Well, homes are a lot tighter now. And right. if if indeed this phenomenon is going on, then it may be a problem with tight homes. So people who have enough money to build homes with tons of insulation and stuff, they should probably sue for the for reparations for their kids. Well, I'm guessing you're probably right. But as far as the reparations go, uh, what happens to the families who lost sons in the Civil War to free the, uh, the free slaves, basically. That's what they did. They fought and they died. Should they get reparations also because they lost children well, it's a, and it's family a really, members? It's a really good question. I like that question, also, Ralph. Uh, you, you've seen pictures, at least, and I'm sure uh, I have, and I'm sure you have. It says, no Irish need apply, no Italians need apply. So they were discriminated against. The Polish, when I got here, are they entitled to reparations also because they were discriminated against? They weren't slaves, I grant you that, but they were discriminated against because of their ethnic background. Well, and, and it's important to note, Ralph, that this situation in uh, San Francisco, and thank you for the call, the, the thing in San Francisco, they're not claiming that this is officials in San Francisco. They're not doing this because of slavery. They're doing it because of the damage that big government has done to black citizens of San Francisco over recent decades. So that's what they're talking about is that uh, big liberal government trying to help people like urban renewal. It's well documented now, researched in uh, universities in America. Actually, the, the leading guy on this is from uh, Southern California, professor in Southern California who has demonstrated how uh, government policies of urban renewal, which supposedly were to make housing better and to make cities better for the poor people who live there, that that government policy hurt those cities and created segregated neighborhoods. Really, 
It's it's bizarre, but uh, it's it's one of those things they like to do, which is to argue about how their own actions have hurt people, and those people have to be uh, have their lives corrected in some way. Dudley's calling from Columbia. Hi, Dudley. Hi. Thanks for taking my car. Thank you. Call. Salutations. I'm a big fan of reparations for descendants of the survivors of the Grand Potomac Army from the Civil War because they're the guys that went and basically freed the slaves, put their life on the life on the line, and created the country we have today. What do you think? Well, it's uh, so you're talking these would largely be white soldiers or completely well, be well whoever whoever fought to maintain the union and create a free society. What do you think? It sounds good to me. The, you know, if you're going to go down this path, you can go down this path forever. The Army of the Potomac was the principal Union army in the Eastern Theater of the American Civil War. It was created in 1861, shortly after the First Battle of Bull Run, and yeah. was disbanded in 1865 following the surrender of the Confederate Army of Northern Virginia. Yeah, because basically it was freeing the slaves from the, the Democrat Party. Um, mm. which was basically, you know, the old Whigs in their whole uh, society down there. So it's a bunch of nonsense, really. These people have nothing to do but sit around all day and figure out what to tell other people to do. Well, I think it's worse than that. It's a way to uh, control election outcomes by manipulating people into not seeing what's wrong today and who's responsible for that. Thank you for the call, sir. Frank's calling from Bristol. Hey, Frank. Hey, Tom, um, calling about the reparation. Yes. I'm not for reparation, but hear me out. The people that are asking for the reparation supposedly are descendants of slaves, all right? Uh, Not in this case in San Francisco. It's for people who have been damaged by government policy uh, more recently. Okay, but... Holistically, holistically. Yes, holistically, it's a slavery-related thing. Right. Holistically, it's the sentence of of slavery. And then you got the other people. Here again, I'm not for reparation, but to answer the guy's question from South Carolina, Mm -hmm. when you talk about freeing the slave, you're not just freeing the slaves. They were also solidifying the union. So when you have the government, which is the military— part of the government. You can't ask for reparation for the military. They were the military. You had to do your job, mm-hmm. whether it was freeing the slave, whether it was saving the union or whatever it would have been. Of course, slave was free as a result of that. But people need to understand you can't compare the two. If there is reparation for the descendants of slaves and also the descendants of uh, Jim Crow, the descendants of segregation. Many people were hurt, color-coded black people were hurt. And once again, I say there are no black people, there are no white people. They are coded. We are coded. And the coded people, the coded white, had the advantage. And that's just... Uh, that's just without, no, it, you know. I, I hear you on that, and I don't think there's any argument. The question is, can you, uh, in the pool of all the damaged people by big government programs, uh, look at all the all the lives that are being ruined by uh, 
the compassionate program to help people pay for college, student loan program. You know? I mean, not that it's the same thing, but big government ruins people's lives, and it's hard to correct for that. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher with an update on the ride, Mark. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Never miss a moment. Go listen to the Todd Feinberg Podcast on the Odyssey app. Hello, hello, WTIC. Monday afternoon. Thanks for being here, Tom, in Canton. Hello there, Thomas. Hey, if you can make money by yelling, just keep yelling. You know, that's the way it works. They don't really want solutions. They just want a continuing problem. That's true. That's true. But uh, I'm reading a book now. It's about seeds around the world, how they work. And apparently uh, coffee is the second most traded commodity in the world. And guess where China's going? It's South America and Africa. Maybe they're trying to corner the coffee so they can starve us out. (laughs) Well, that would be a way to shut down the world, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, if they can do COVID, what the heck's to stop them from doing whatever they want? Sure. But uh, and that, I just want to interject something a little different. And that would be you. the most evil of all things you could do. Thank you for that, Tom. Rudy calling from Florida. Hey, Rudy. Hey, good morning, Mr. Feinberg. That, I'm stealing that good morning from Mark from Windsor. Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> it's funny, your last two callers, because I'm weaning myself off of coffee right now. Stop. What's the motivation? Uh, I don't like the taste of it. I've been drinking it forever. I worked for Starbucks. I worked for Coffee Connection, if you remember them, in Harvard Square. They were a Boston chain that got bought out by Starbucks, right? They invented the Frappuccino. No kidding. They I did. Didn't know and, that. and Starbucks did not have iced coffee anywhere in the country until they bought Coffee Connection. Wow, that's Howard, bizarre. Howard Schultz bought them. Um, and then your last caller, you said uh, giant government. The whole point of me calling you was we need to, the government needs to stay out of my wallet, needs to stay out of my house. I, I agree with you and Lebo that the smaller we get the government, the better our lives would oh, be. Rep- reparations thing. for what? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, reparations I, for votes. It would be an exchange. 
Right. And I have one Governor DeSantis thing. Because, um, you know, I lived up there forever, and I, I um, subscribe to um, New England Cable News. So I get alerts from them. So they're just like TIC News. Um, Disney's getting spanked. It's not for the there, – there is no bill in Florida that says don't say gay. There's no bill in Florida. And I get I get the emails from New England Cable News, and I just heard it from um, on the commercial break with the news. Um, Disney's had an a la carte lunch in, in Florida since, like, 1968 as far as taxes and all that stuff but goes. What was, what was the thing that Disney gave to get that great treatment? Was it just because – I mean, they they would indulge the elected officials with great great weekend trips and stuff, or what? I, I it's a it's a history before you and I, Todd. You and I were hanging at Buzz's roast beef for yeah, but Kelly's they must be beef. writing stories about it. You you haven't seen anything about uh, what the bribe chain is between well, Disney and Walt the Disney government. Disney originally used um, shell companies that he got his friends to create. To gather large amounts of land that got eventually put together. So you had like 12 little companies that bought up little orchards. So they couldn't uh, see what was going on. Right. And then at the end, he swooped in and bought this. He he kind of he funded the whole thing through his friends. And it was all these little companies. And then he grabbed all that land at once. And then somehow... It went through the state government. Yeah, well, I'm sure. It. But but they, they must have been given a lot of donations and stuff. That's all I'm saying. Thank you, Rudy, for the call. Got to run to a traffic update. We're going to the BTS Lawyers Traffic Center. Checking in with Mark Christopher. It's Monday. It must be empty on the roads, Mark. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WTIC. Chris Powell joins us every week at this time. What's up there, Christopher? Hey, how are you, Todd? I want to read something to you that I just found online, and I find it very amusing. It says, Chris Powell has worked for the Journal Inquirer since 1967. Yikes. First as a reporter... Then as an editor and now as a columnist, he was managing editor from 1974 until retiring from that position in 2018. So what what is uh, what does it say about you that you've been in the same uh, place, working in the same place for wait, how many years? Is that 45, 55 years? Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty close to that. Uh, it's higher numbers than I want to deal with, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it may mean only that I, you know, couldn't get another job. Dad, so don't. <laughs> Did anyone ever come and try to steal you away? Uh, no, I mean I once or twice I think got an inquiry from other papers asking if I knew anybody was interested in a job they had, which I guess is the code they use for soliciting people without quite soliciting them, but. Uh, Certainly, uh, <laughs> the New York Times, the Washington Post, and and and, and those guys uh, never, uh, never, never, never wrote to me. Well, they just figured they couldn't afford you. <laughs> oh no, I I think McDonald's could afford me. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So um, you you've written a column. I guess it's for tomorrow uh, about Nicole Esposito that I thought. Would oh, be it's fun in today's to paper, but some of the other oh, it papers is. are in okay. it tomorrow. Yeah. Tell us about that. That's pretty fascinating. Oh, it's really it's a typical scandal of state government and higher education arrogance and unaccountability. Uh, two years ago, the Board of Regents uh, of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities uh, system uh, fired uh, the uh, chief executive of Manchester Community College, uh, Nicole Esposito, <clears throat> without providing any any reason. Um, there was some opposition to that at, at, at the college, and Esposito, Esposito went on to Sue the board and three of the uh, board executives uh, charging uh, sex discrimination. Uh, and before too long, uh, the Board of Regents settled with her, reinstated her, and paid her $775,000 in damages and legal fees. Um, now, you know, I, th I think anybody was concerned about, uh, you know, management and efficiency in government would ask about that. Of course, Nobody in the legislature asked, and the governor, governor didn't ask. Uh, but, you know, why was $775,000 paid to this woman who was fired and then reinstated so quickly without explanation? What the hell was going on here? The Board of Regents wouldn't uh, tell the Journal Inquirer what was uh, going on, and uh, the reporter on the story, Eric Bedner, had the uh, uh, wit to ask the Board of Regents for access to the personnel files of the three college executives that Esposito uh, sued and accused of sex discrimination. Uh, he wanted to find out, well, were, were these guys ever disciplined for the, the disaster here and the, the three-quarters of a million dollars that uh, state government just flushed down the drain? Uh, of course, the Board of Regents uh, wouldn't let the reporter see the, uh, the files for, oh, I guess five months, and then just when the Freedom of Information Commission uh, was scheduling a hearing on the case. The uh, the board uh, decided to you know come through and give him give him access to the files. And he looked at the personnel files and he saw that these uh, three guys were not disciplined for the personnel disaster. But uh, he did also see that uh, uh, all of them were making more than two hundred thousand dollars. I mean, one's making two hundred seventy-seven thousand oh, dollars, and one's the making... salaries are stunning. Yeah, two hundred forty-two thousand dollars, and another making uh, two hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. Of course, the the president of the Connecticut State Colleges and University System, Terrace Chung, is making three hundred sixty thousand um, dollars. These guys are very impressed with themselves, as really most people in higher education are, despite the lousy results of their their work. Um, so we found out really very little, other than. Uh, the Board of Regents and their executives here flushed uh, three-quarters of a million dollars down the toilet in a uh, personnel issue that they won't account for, and nobody got disciplined for it. But I want to, uh, you, you know, this uh, this Fox News situation with Dominion has been a, in the news, and the um, and the text messages going back and forth between the, the hosts on Fox News. So I'm thinking they, they've got to get the text messages of all these higher-ups in the— um, in, in state government who were texting each other about about uh, dumping Esposito and find out what what was really going on uh, well you know that might be uh, might be a thing to do uh, it would I think depend as to whether you know the text messages still exist and whether they're you know in in some form that the state government has possession of them but 
you know, I'm I'm sure the Board of Regents and the college executives would, you know, do their damnedest to to, to make sure none of that is ever available. But uh, I, I I think the the bigger shame here is. Our, our legislators have got no curiosity about this. I mean, it's certainly worth a, a public hearing before the Higher Education Committee. Uh, you think the governor might, uh, you know, be prompted to ask, uh, you know, hey guys, what the hell was going on here? But no, the, well, but maybe the governor instigated. <laughs> it's very possible, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, I suspect, uh, I suspect it did not get up that high. I suspect this was office politics and. In uh, you know one way or another, but uh, uh, really it's a it's a travesty. Three quarters of a million dollars, uh, you know, paid as a penalty for undoing a decision, and nobody will explain what the hell was going on. Yeah, so nothing was accomplished except uh, lots of disruption and uh, blowing a bunch of money, and the people who made the bad decisions get rewarded with silence and cover up. Yeah, well, then welcome to you know uh, so-called public higher education in Connecticut. Or government in Connecticut. Yeah, well, that's true. It's just I think it's worse in higher education. Those people are very, very impressed with themselves. Well, apparently the system must be impressed with them, and the whole thing uh, works hand in hand. So on this same column, you had um, you had some stuff about Bridgeport that was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of uh, Fairfield legislators who have put in uh, proposed legislation that essentially would prevent the Connecticut Airport Authority from from purchasing uh, Sikorsky Airport, which is owned by the city of Bridgeport, but it's actually located uh, in uh, in Stratford. Um, and if I said Fairfield before, I should have said Stratford. Um, I, I don't think this legislation should get anywhere. I mean, Bridgeport is probably the city in Connecticut most in need of economic development and renovation, you know, generally. And uh, upgrading Sikorsky, its airport, and maybe getting, uh, you know, commercial scheduled uh, flight service back to Bridgeport might, you know, help uh, help the city, uh, you know, renovate itself. And, you know, here we have the neighboring legislator, Stratford, trying to uh, to block it. Uh, now, the Connecticut, I mean, Bridgeport can't run Sikorsky any more than Stratford can run Sikorsky. It ought to be run by the Connecticut Airport Authority, which I think has done a very good job improving, you know, Bradley uh, Airport over the years. Uh, uh, the Connecticut Airport Authority is very interested in purchasing the uh, the airport and renovating it, and maybe getting commercial uh, service back there. But uh, if the Stratford legislators uh, have their way, you know, nothing's going to you know be done, and this this option for improving Bridgeport is is just going to be foreclosed. Now, of course, we need to do a hell of a lot more than and get Sikorsky uh, commercial flights if we're going to, you know, renovate uh, renovate Bridgeport. But it's just very surprising to me, Todd, that, you know, Bridgeport is so depressed, so impoverished, so crime-ridden. And, of course, it's it's got a mayor who, you know, did seven years in federal pen for corruption some years ago. Uh, state government really ought to be taking charge of the situation in Bridgeport, and yet the governor and I think all our leading legislators, they just turn the other way. I mean, Bridgeport is an orphan. So that's what, what uh, we're talking to Chris Powell from the Journal Inquirer. That's what piques my interest in the story. You said, but state government long has overlooked Bridgeport's potential because no one in authority has dared to deal with the poverty of the city's residents. And at the same time, if you want to deal with poverty, or or you want it to go away, 
you allow there to be development going on. You do things with with uh, city power to get the city out of the way of stopping good things from happening. Why don't they just do that with the airport? Uh, well, it's a it's a good question, but I think as a practical matter, only the airport authority is is going to have a chance of of developing it and and getting the local interests. Uh, in in Stratford, out of the way, you know, the, the problem in Bridgeport. I think first first of all is that you know most of the kids in Bridgeport are neglected. They have have no parents. Uh, they're graduated from grade to grade and from high school without ever having you know learning anything. And I think that is probably the the core issue that our elected officials don't want to touch. I think they they think it's 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 just an unsolvable issue of all these. These neglected kids, and you know, maybe, maybe they're right. They're certainly right that it's a, it's a difficult issue. But uh, uh, you know, if you're going to walk away from it, uh, it's a, it's a cancer that's spreading through through the state. This is happening in all the urban, urban school systems. You know, we 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 have social promotion, and the proficiency levels in the uh, in, in the classes have been going down for at least a decade, long before COVID, and. Uh, you know, what do we do? You know, we just raise salaries for the educators. Chris Powell, thank you, sir. It's always uh, fun, the stuff you, you uncover. Not optimistic stories, but uh, good ones to have out there because you shine a light and maybe things will change. We can hope. Yeah, we can pray, too. Thanks a lot, Todd. Thank you, sir. Good to talk with you once again. Chris Powell, Journal Inquirer on WTIC. Uh, I wanted to play you... Um, I'm kind of excited to play this. I love listening. This guy's name is Brett Weinstein. He's a physicist. I've played cuts from him before, but not a ton. And he's making a point here that is just so beautifully spoken. I, I think you've got to hear it a couple times to, to get the feeling. So I'll get used to his voice, and then I'll talk a little bit about what he's saying and what he's talking about. Posiwid. Posiwid, yeah. Purpose of system is what it does. Right. It's an acronym. Right. What it means is I don't care what that object claims to be doing. I don't even care what the people who built the object think it does. The purpose of the object is what it does. And the reason that this is so important is evolutionary, which is that sometimes even a system that is architected well for a particular purpose, if you build the right characteristics into it, will evolve into something else. So uh, that first statement right there is the first thing that I think is particularly profound, that whatever you build a system to do, it will become something different. That's just the, the way, and, and these, uh, Brett and his wife, the female voice you heard there, they're evolutionary biologists. So they're bringing the, their knowledge of that field to political conversation. So I love this statement that he makes. And nobody changes the label on it. They assume it does what it always did. And that is that, that the purpose of the organization changes. Which is that sometimes even a system that is architected well for a particular purpose, if you build the right characteristics into it, will evolve into something else. It evolves into something else. And part two. And nobody changes the label on it. They assume it does what it always did. And people don't realize the change that has gone on. And this happens in government all the time. All the time, and that's what he's talking about. You create something to do purpose A, but it becomes purpose B. And in politics, of course, a lot of the times this is on purpose. Like you, you have the state do state colleges, like we were just talking about with Chris Powell. But they don't. The state's purpose isn't to educate young people. 
the state's purpose is to have more jobs available through which people, friends of government, can make money and vote to sustain the system. The system wants to control as much money and power resources as possible so that it can effectuate the, uh, the, the clinging to or an expansion of its own power. So my point is going to be the purpose of our public health system mm -hmm. is apparently to override doctors and inflict dangerous treatments on people that are profitable. I don't know why that's the case or how anybody allowed it to become the case, but it is demonstrably the case. I don't think this was a failure of our system. This was the success of an undeclared system that overrode the system we're supposed to have that's supposed to protect the public health. So this part is the payoff. This is about the system of public health, which he says the CDC is in cahoots with the pharmaceutical companies. And that's why they have done such a horrible job through COVID and why they've been thwarting doctors on the front lines who've been telling them what needed to be done differently and they wouldn't change. Instead, they attack those doctors. So my point is going to be the purpose of our public health system mm -hmm. is apparently to override doctors and inflict dangerous treatments on people that are profitable. This is back to the idea that the system isn't what it claims to be. It's what it does. That's why he said that before. I don't know why that's the case or how anybody allowed it to become the case, but it is demonstrably the case. I don't think this was a failure of our system. Wasn't a failure of our system. It was the system doing exactly what was intended by the people who were operating the system. This was the success of an undeclared system that overrode the system we're supposed to have that's supposed to protect the public health. And our situation in Connecticut and in America today is about systems that are doing the wrong thing and doing destructive things and misbehaving and messing things up exactly as intended. How about them apples? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We've got the rants coming up. Call in a rant. Eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. Mark Christopher. Now into BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Hey there, Mark. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 